0: And welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I am a critic. Everybody calls
1: me Bebs. My name is Whitney Seibold. I too am a critic, and uh, we're going to be high energy this time, I guess. Woo! Well, we're actually recording in the middle of the day instead of the mm-hmm. middle of the night, so we might actually have a little pep in our step. Uh, not me. <laughs> 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 I was I was up until the wee hours projecting a, a, a pornographic Dracula movie at the movie theater. Was where Was it Sexcula? It wasn't Sexcula. It was uh, it was just called Dracula Sucks. Okay. And there there is that's
0: that's both clever and not clever. Yeah, because like Dra- right is. I get it.
1: Yeah. Um, Whitney is a, Whitney is a projectionist were, at a movie theater. I'm a projectionist at a movie stuff. theater, yeah. Uh, Saturdays at Midnight is a diff- different film every time, and we showed Dracula sucks last night. Uh, there are three different cuts I learned, oh. because the producer was there. Uh, oh! The producer of Dracula sucks was there. there That's was, awesome. Um, there was a, a sort of like late-night cable version, like a lot of softcore smut. Mm-hmm. There was one with a few hardcore scenes, and then there was like a really long one with a lot of hardcore scenes. Which one did you have? We had the middle one. That's fair.
0: Yeah. Grand, great. Right. Right smack down in the middle. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about that this today on Cancel Too Soon. Uh, Cancel Too Soon dedicates a whole month every year to what we call Suddenly Last Season. This is dedicated to all of the recently, well, not all of a significant number of the recently canceled programs on
1: well, television. We couldn't possibly can't cover all of them. No, we, Lord knows we try.
0: Yeah, we really, really can. There's a lot of failures out there, but we did not anticipate when we started Suddenly Last Season this month. Running into a show like the show we're going to cover today. The reason we're
1: late is because of the show.
0: It really that is we're covering today. On, on two different levels. On two, yeah, one, one one was
1: availability.
0: Yeah, so when we when we announced that we were doing this show, it was readily available on like three different streaming services. And then like two days later, when we when we sat down to watch it, it had been removed. From all but one streaming service that neither of us had, so we had to go through the whole rigmarole of okay. getting it, going through the free trial, etc. It was a whole pain in the butt. And then it turned out that this series, which is thirteen episodes long, is about eighty million hours long.
1: It it it's uh, there when we did uh, Lincoln Run, yes, which was our last episode. That was a breeze. We talked yeah. about how, how easy breezy kind of a show that was. Easy to
0: consume, bite-sized episodes. Mm. It's the, exactly the kind of uh, uh, me... single-serving, mm. watch-it-while-you-eat-dinner kind of crime yeah, show. Like
1: Detective Fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, This is not like Detective Fair, and that's its biggest problem. Yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, Very heavy. It's a heavy, hefty, really depressive... Uh, I want to call it an X Files riff, but we'll get into that. Yeah. It's a sci fi series called Debris. Six months ago, it started falling. And there is more coming. What happened here? We sucked it through 14 stories. We work for a division of the government that investigates scientific anomalies. We found another one, and you're not going to believe this. She's defying gravity. That's new. There was this piece in Missouri evaporated a lake. This one's roughly the same size, but it's twice as powerful. What is it?
0: I think it's some sort of portal. Debris. Is a sci-fi series from J.H. Wyman, who previously created a show that Whitney and I adored, that we covered on Cancel Too Soon, called Almost Human. Yeah, and... Uh, Almost Human starred Carl Urban and uh, Michael, Michael Ely. Michael Ely as, and was as his robot partner. Arguably, the it's right up there with Man and Machine as the
1: best cop with a robot partner TV series. It was hmm. smart, it was well produced, it was well acted. It's pretty good, the, and the reason it was canceled was bec- it was it was because it was too expensive. Yeah, it was
0: actually reasonably popular. It just cost too much, and it just mm. didn't make sense to keep producing. Yeah, it.
1: it took place in the future. They constructed all these huge sets, and it yeah. required a lot of special effects, and it was just too expensive to keep on the air. Yeah. So that damn one was shame canceled. that one. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good show. Uh, this one, I'm sensing something similar happened because this mm. is a pretty high concept science fiction show, a lot of special effects. Only there's no. Life or chemistry in this one
0: No, it's like It's it's almost as though uh, Oh, oh, oh You wouldn't want to let me make Almost Human? This show with a lot of humanity hmm. And uh, and wit And, little, and cleverness A little, little, mm-hmm. little bit of verve and yeah. clever ideas Well, fine, okay I'll do the exact opposite And we're going to do something That is extremely restrained Extremely depressing We're going to take a high concept With a lot of fantasy And wonder And and we're gonna make it seem like something you could film in your back fucking yard, and that's what we got yeah. here. Debris takes place in the near future or a very alternate reality that where there is a giant spaceship
1: uh, hurtling through our solar system. Well, it's it's not a spaceship; it's a, a destroyed spaceship. Well, it's, it's already yeah. it's already blown up, and there's big. Yeah. Chunks of spaceship flying towards yeah. Earth. Imagine
0: imagine if after the rebels destroyed the Death Star, the Death Star was actually just floating around in space. And, it, and then millions of years later, it just happened to fall through our our solar system. Hmm. And that in and of itself is kind of a big fucking deal. But it turns out that there's a whole lot of space debris from this incredibly advanced... Incredibly advanced... Uh, Alien uh, technological marvel that keeps landing on Earth and these various pieces of the machinery have properties that affect... Earth and humans and space and time in ways that we cannot predict. And so every time one of these things falls, they have to send a couple of moulders and Scullies mm-hmm. to investigate <laughs> it, figure out what it is, how dangerous it is, whether we can exploit it for our own technological improvement or warfare, or if it's too dangerous to be allowed to exist. Mm.
1: Uh, neat idea, I think yeah, I haven't and, heard that and one and, uh, before That's kind of yeah, neat the, the yeah. pie- And the pieces uh, Each each episode is essentially devoted to a different piece And each mm-hmm. piece seems to have a different property One can control time One of them slips you into an alternate reality for a few minutes mm-hmm. One, one of them creates uh, yeah. a
0: clone of you if you go near it or... Yeah, one yeah.
1: Uh, makes your body adapt to breathing chlorine You know, weird things like that And I like that Yeah That's a neat premise and uh, I even like the premise of, and there are two agents on their tail. And mm-hmm. the agents are a CIA guy and an MI6 agent. Uh, they're played by uh, Jonathan Tucker. He's the CIA guy. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's rian Steele. Maybe it's Ryan Steele. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays the MI6 agent. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Steele, you might know from,
0: uh, she was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably her biggest... Um, Biggest thing today, but he was also on The Magicians, was a show I know a lot of people watch that I don't. Jonathan Tucker has been on a lot of things, uh, but for us, most recently, we saw him in The Black Donnellys. He was the protagonist of that show That's right. uh, back in 2007. We covered that not too long ago. He's also on uh, Westworld, Justified, a uh, mm-hmm. bunch he, of movies, can, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Virgin Suicides. He's been can, on forever. Can
1: have a lot of personality, Jonathan Tucker. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, um,
1: but he and... and uh, Um, Rianne Steele Rianne Steele uh, I have like it's like they've been directed to have no personality be sad that's what that's what they've been given like it's okay if this is like a bit of a scary show kind of like the X-Files where you come upon something and you know it's making your body mutate and that's kind of scary and you've tried to use your wits to figure out what the problem is and if you had that as an episodic show great and even the arc I don't really mind Uh, there are Mm. two other sort of mini stories going on there's uh, this like there's two different cabals yeah. that is not MI6 or the CIA who yeah. are also gathering bits of debris for their own nefarious purposes. Yeah,
0: because these don't belong to the to any particular government. Whoever mm. finds them has them. Uh, there is a group called Influx, which is uh, run by an actor named Scroobius Pip.
1: But Pip is not his given name. He's a DJ. That was his chosen oh, name. Oh, I was really hoping he, that
0: was... Because it's so Dickensian. His, yeah, his, 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 name, an amazing his name is just
1: David Peter Meads, but he okay. gave his name up Scroobius Pip. And yeah, it sounds like a, a Dickens character. Yeah,
0: uh, but that's a group... There's a group called Influx, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to make sure they can hoard as much of this alien technology as possible in order to take it away from governments and mm-hmm. democratize the world and give the people back... Uh, their 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 power yeah uh, the only way they seem to be able to do this in the in the first season is by killing a lot of people so I'm not entirely sure how that works out. Certainly, and, certainly not killing a lot of government agents. They're just like hmm. fucking with people in New York City on the street. Yeah, uh, the, I'm not sure how that these, helps. But and,
1: and they stage like these these terrorist events. Yeah. They take buildings hostage and stuff. Yeah,
0: it just doesn't really seem like they have much of an end game. And I'm sure they would have revealed that later, but we never get around to it here. There's also a big storyline uh, with uh, Steele's character is named Finola. Her father was one of the scientists who was initially part of the project to. Uh, Gathering catalog. Locate, catalog, and unlock the secrets of all of this incredibly advanced technology. And he died shortly before the series began, but he's also still walking around.
1: Right. And so. (laughs) We've uh, seen him walking around. There's like camera footage of him, but he's dead.
0: And they don't know if it's a time travel thing, if he's a clone, if someone has like used alien tech to like warp their face or something. They have no idea what is up with this guy. And that's the main thing.
1: Um, so, yeah, there's, there's essentially these four different organizations all after the same debris, mm-hmm. uh, each for their own reasons. Uh, and MI6 and CIA are kind of the same, and they're kind of working together. But um, they're also keeping secrets from each exactly, other. And um,
0: since Jonathan Tucker's character, Brian, and Finola are working for... They're working together, but for different organizations. They're being
1: constantly told to keep secrets from one another. And like, the, which, which they eventually just stop keeping secrets. Thank which, fucking God. Yeah, there, there's a, a point th- in the series where they just say, my boss just told me not to tell you this, and I'm going to tell you this. Yeah, my yeah. boss just told me that too. I was like, okay, yeah. good. Now thank we're, you for Now this. we're communicating openly. We don't need this crap anymore. Yeah, yeah,
0: because keeping your protagonists like as far away from each other as possible for half the series mm-hmm. does not endear you to them. Yeah, it, does, it keeps them from, from actually bonding. Or creating a friendship that you care about, or even a friendly rivalry. Yeah, there's. It's really difficult to get yeah, the, involved in that.
1: Prob, problem one: they're sad all the time. Problem two: they don't have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think it of the the X Files pilot. Mm-hmm. Even when Scully goes to meet Mulder for the first time, they have banter immediately. Well, like you if, understand who she is and who he yeah. is, and how they're going to interact. She is.
0: She is very at the, at the start of the series in particular. She's very reserved. Mm-hmm. And she's very serious, and she takes her job very, very seriously, and she's assigned to basically keep an eye on Fox Mulder, the spooky guy in the basement mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's like been allowed to like just sort of fuck with all the cold case files that might have monsters in them. And she goes down there and he's his his room is full of trash, and he sounds like a whack job, mm-hmm. and
1: he's got a the, UFO poster on his yeah, wall. yeah. yeah. The,
0: you can tell immediately these two. Are not immediately gonna get along, mm. and the differences between their personalities and character are pronounced right from the beginning. Here, we meet them, they've already been introduced. That is not inherently a problem. I don't mind mm. skipping the introduction, but they've already been teamed up together, but they don't know each other very well yet. She is sad a lot, and he is sad a lot.
1: Although and he, then... uh, to to his credit, he's the of the two, he's, like, the funnier one. Like, he has yeah. a little bit more jokes to make and a little yeah. bit more of a flip attitude. But I he's wish not that a was, flip character. I wish he was, because yeah. that would at least be a counterpoint here. In there's a big flashback where we get to see sort of his origin story, one of the pieces of debris like projects his consciousness into the past, and he saves somebody yeah. in the past, and that has to do with the present storyline. Yeah, and, and he was a the, soldier in Afghanistan with the single with the worst, worst beard. beard. <laughs> clearly,
0: clearly they shot this. They They should have shot it last. Just let him grow the fucking beard out mm-hmm. because it's almost it's like the second to last episode of the season it, or something. It's like
1: worse than Adam Scott's beard in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. It's a really it's fucking really bad. Awful. If and again, I've said this before. I am.
0: Very susceptible to fake hair. I don't know why. If you have a fake, if you have a wig, you don't recognize I, wigs. At I all. don't recognize wigs. I will say like, wow, your hair looks nice. Like I don't fucking know. It could be pink. I'd be like, cool. Uh, if I recognize bad fake hair or mm. facial hair, it sucks. It's really
1: like you can see the hooks over his ears. He looks like it's just he, awful. He looks like, it uh, looks
0: like you know, like when like people just wear like the hooks overhead to play like the Santa or whatever. He mm. looks like he's playing like, Santa Junior. <laughs> like when like before- Mickey Rooney did that origin story like that's what he looks like he's, oh, it's so bad but
1: uh but yeah because we get to see his flashback though we get to see that he's a character who's suffused with pain and murder and tragedy yeah. and all this like violence in his past We we can't have one of them yeah be somebody who's just likes doing their job. They they have to be tortured. And that's really insufferable. And and on top of it all, just making that even worse
0: is Mm. because there's a difference between the story you tell and the way you tell it. Mm. You can take the exact same scene from a movie and change it completely. If you just change the music, for example, uh, the ending of Rocky, Mm. the ending of Rocky and spoilers for Rocky. The movie is like 50 years old, but spoilers for Rocky. Rocky ends with Rocky going the distance against Apollo Creed but not winning. Mm. But he wins his self-respect. And people respect him for well, he, doing he, it.
1: He fought for a really long time and yeah. did a really good job and yeah, that's he did, what mattered to he, him.
0: Everyone thought he would be knocked out in one round. He made it he did better than anyone had ever done against the heavyweight champion of the world. He won his self-respect and the music is incredibly ch- like heroic. Okay, take that scene, take out that music Put in really fucking depressing music mm. And now you're just sad that he lost <laughs> Yep And he's, he's talking to Adrian and he loves Adrian But it's still sad that he lost Boom The music on this show is oppressive It's like, you know like the, the Vangelis theme music to Blade Runner Where it's all like, <laughs> No. Everything's uh. impressive, but we're not allowed
1: to enjoy it because Vangelis is sad today. Like, that's. <laughs> well, and that's the entire show. And here's the the music is just oppressive here. There's some kind of alchemy here that is is not making it exciting, too, because all those things you're describing are also things that you can attribute to the X-Files. It's kind mm-hmm. of a dreary-looking show. They call, they filmed in Canada mm-hmm. only on overcast days, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the music is by a guy named Mark Snow, who does really kind of... <sighs> things are spooky. Right. Like, it's really kind of downbeat music. But
0: they knew when to play against mm-hmm. type. They knew, like, you had to vary the tone mm-hmm. in order for this to be even remotely watchable. So every once in a while, mm-hmm. someone has to crack a joke.
1: So, yeah, uh, someone has to d- say something funny. Someone debris, to something there's, funny. there's no jokes. It's all intensity all the time. Yeah. And... Again, you're dealing with a good premise here. uh, The idea of encountering uh, alien technology... That is so alien you don't understand it is something mm-hmm. that I wish we'd see more of in science fiction. It's a neat idea, yeah. Because if an alien were to visit, who's to say that they'd look like people and talk like us? No, probably not. I uh, mean, we yeah, have that like that great movie Arrival.
0: Arrival handles is, is that yeah as beautifully as anything example. I've ever like, seen. Yeah.
1: The, the, the creatures are like we can't even picture what they look like. Really, they yeah. live in this big hazy room. Uh, their mm-hmm. language is something that transcends time and space. Like it's it's really. Bizarre heady ideas yeah,
0: It's difficult for us to wrap our head around how this shit works mm. And what they have done And it actually is kind of a bummer that they've turned this into Episodic X-Files or Fringe or whatever mm. Because it turns into like Oh how will this affect small town America today Instead of uh, Hey everything we know about the universe is wrong now
1: Well what, like, what there should have been was CIA and MI6 like are are all abuzz buzz. With all of this activity with this debris that's landing and they've collected a lot of it already and they don't understand it, but there's still a lot out there that they haven't collected. And so our main characters should be like way down on the totem pole, like they're eighth tier agents that Mm -hmm. are just sort of taking up like janitorial work, essentially. Yeah, they're the ones who just think about it. Go collect collect stuff. It might be a little weird out there for you. Yeah, We're dealing with the super weird stuff in here. You'll never get to see it, and that makes it a little bit more mysterious.
0: I like, because here's the deal. Because these people are positioned as they know more than almost anyone else, Hmm. uh, the fact that they know so little is really depressing. I don't want all the mysteries to have been solved at the beginning of the series. Why would I? But what I do want is for someone to be asking the bigger questions here. You know what? No one ever talks about in the first season. In any meaningful way. A- Alien Aliens. life. Yeah. Alien life. This thing is run by another form of life. We don't know what kind of life. We don't. We haven't like found any debris with organic matter on it. Maybe they're not organic. Maybe, maybe the
1: ship is a living thing. Maybe the yeah. ship
0: was a living thing. Maybe they're made of pure energy or something. Maybe they're slime. I don't know. But regardless, that is not a topic that is brought up. We have definitive evidence... Of physical of, evidence, of yeah. Extraterrestrial life—that's what the or, show's about. It's or, about the evidence. Or even if you want to like go further, maybe it's like extra-dimensional life, or maybe it's humanity so far in the future that we wouldn't recognize ourselves. But regardless, a form of life that we do not understand. No one is asking that question. That question changes everything. No one's asking that. We just want to know. Ah, oh, we found this uh, shiny piece of metal that makes it rain. Hmm. Okay. Neat. Let's move on to the bigger questions here. Fucking aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking aliens for God's sake. There's, there's, and everyone's asking like, what? do I mean, here's, everyone's always looking at these pieces. No one's asking themselves, well, what do they do? Why yeah. would? Why would? And why would a spacecraft need a thing that makes you breathe chlorine? I'm like, okay. Well, that's probably some Wait. sort of environmental
1: adapter. Uh, yeah, where they, like maybe they're they're. transporting other species that they would need to mutate for their own environment maybe we know about them now because they breathe chlorine yeah exactly these
0: are no one's looking at like the bigger picture of these things and I get it a lot of times they're focused on okay well people's lives have been in danger we have to focus on that right now but there's also plenty of time to consider it there's so many dry dialogue scenes. People are just talking about plot. Yeah. And it's like, you can bring up the sense of awe and wonder that is inherent to this premise and doesn't get brought up.
1: What the fuck? Yeah, the uh, the choice to make this more of like an espionage show was, also, was another mis- Huge was, mistake. Huge mistake. Mistake number eight. Um, Huge mistake. I- I'm okay with these sort of like... Uh, nefarious forces sort of lurking in the background sure. and they come up, like, every third or fourth episode or so. Oh, it turns out this was Orbital all along. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Orbital put this here. because Orbital is the to name the, uh, of the
0: of the group that uh, Jonathan Tucker works for. Yeah. No. Um, uh,
1: if, if that had been the case, if it was just sort of, like, something lurking in the background, that would be mm-hmm. fine. And then you have, like, a, a season finale where it turns out, like, a lot of what they do is revealed. Mm-hmm. But they spend so much time focusing on these different organizations that we lose, we lose all those questions that you're talking mm-hmm. about. The important science fiction stuff about what an alien does, what these pieces do. There's no reference to their language, I would love for, some, like, an Arrival-like episode where they find something with writing on it and they yeah. try to translate it. And, uh, culture. What yeah. kind of culture was this? Yeah, is they find something and it turns out it's a piece of their art. That would that, be interesting. That would be yeah. interesting. Like, what if, like,
0: oh, we assumed this was some kind of incredible Genesis device or something like that. It's like, no, that's actually, like, a holographic statue. Yeah. Something. Just, yeah. I don't know. Like, that could be neat.
1: Um, what is it like it, it, it projects something and everybody who looks at it goes mad. And it turns out it's just such a complicated piece of art that humans can't handle it. Do you, something like that. I don't know. I, I, look, we're all we're just sort of like like spitballing stuff out of our butts here. Yeah. And, Did and ever, we're coming up with more interesting stories.
0: And honestly, the fact that like because it's so beyond us or because it's so uh, different or because we have no records of it, we could come up with plausible theories for what things are. And then later in the series, find out we're totally wrong. Yeah, that be really interesting. Did you remember, uh, there was a book that came out when I was, I guess, it, okay, I'm looking it up now. It actually came out a little bit before I was born, mm. but I saw it, read it as a kid uh, by writer and illustrator David Macaulay called Motel of the Mysteries.
1: Oh, that sounds like something I should be familiar with.
0: Motel of the Mysteries is a really, really clever book. It's an it's a, it's a illustrated book, not entirely unlike, say, a Chris Van Allsburg kind of thing. And uh, the idea is it's we're, the book is from the distant future, It's from the year 4022. I
1: just looked it up. Yeah, it's from the year 4022.
0: And they have found, like, hidden in the sand dunes of North America, a perfectly preserved building called a motel. They don't know what that's for. They don't know what the word motel (laughs) means. So they're looking up all these artifacts and they're trying to figure out what was life like
1: Mm.
0: back in those days. and And everything they do is wrong. They, yeah, they find think, like a well, bucket marked ice, and it's like, oh, that's the internal component enclosure for when they were mummifying people in these beds. <laughs> they
1: think it's a tomb. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So they think they think it's a it's a pyramid. They, hmm. they they're looking at it the way that uneducated people might look at archaeology from a culture that they don't understand, and they didn't bother doing any research. And. What a fun book. It's a really neat book, actually, and it raises a lot of questions and it reminds you of the importance of context when you're looking at a history, how you can't just look at something and come up with your own conclusion and say it's right, which unfortunately is like too much of history of just people making wild assumptions about things. Like, no, you want to do your research and get it correct. Um this that could have been a factor here. Instead. You know what's weird actually? There's a there's there's something I noticed here and that's it's it makes sense, but it also doesn't work. Mm. Every single time, Finola and, um... Is it... Jonathan Tucker. John, John, what is Jonathan Tucker? Is it... Is it? Eric. Eric,
1: no. no. What is his name? <laughs> Eric,
0: he's such a... Brian. Brian. Every time Fanola and Brian... Because they're going all over the country. Mm. uh it's just just the United States. It's just the United yeah. States. I guess that's their turf. But, like, they're going... Because it's, it's going everywhere. Mm. But, uh... And they talk about, like, oh, the Chinese have found this piece, for example. But, like, we're looking at the stuff that's found in America, and, uh... They go all over the country, and every time they go to over over the country, they have a different tech person, mm. like mm. someone in like a in like a, a hazmat suit who is like G- trying give, to figure out what the what the machinery does. There's always a different the, the, person. The
1: basic uh, yeah. exposition at the beginning of the episode,
0: and it makes sense that you'd have a lot of them, and they just be whoever is closest would just show up to the thing that day. Mm. But it also prevents you from having more points of continuity in the characters and their relationships and it's so easy to write like the shitty nerd character like you want to get someone like oh are they like really into comics and like played by like jack black or whatever like that it's like that's a cliche Mm -hmm. are they like super hot and like wear glasses
1: <laughs> okay, and also she, cliche. And, like, there's and so and many. She, she takes down her ponytail and she's ready for the there, night. There's and so many. Golly, clich- what a sexist cliche. There's so
0: many cliche things you could do with it, but you don't have to do those. Mm. What you could just have is another character who would present a different point of view, and then maybe you could end up with. Not to make everything about Star Trek, but, you know, the original series of Star Trek had three protagonists who represented different points of view. Yeah. And when you put them in the same room together, they'll always articulate different points of view and they'll always,
1: you know, play off of
0: each other in yeah, a dramatic way. And so you could have more characters rather than just two who don't have anything to say to each other.
1: Yeah. And they really don't. They really no. don't have anything to say to each other. Um No. One more tangent before we get into the episodes. Yeah. Um, George R. R. Martin uh, wrote a series of science fiction novels, uh, an anthology series oh, wild called cards. Wild Cards back yeah. in the day, and I've read re- read the first volume of Wild Cards. I've read
0: several volumes of Wild yeah. Cards. I was really into it for a while. You
1: no, know, when I was like fourteen or so, mm-hmm. I, I started delving into Wild Cards, and uh, that that has a very similar premise to this, mm-hmm. in that an, an alien thing lands on Earth. And it spreads an alien virus throughout Earth. And yeah, the it's idea is that an
0: alien, it, it, <clears throat> aliens are out there, and they're attacking each other, and basically the alien said, here's a human species, they're not dissimilar from us, we want to test this biological weapon, and we're just going to throw it on Earth and see Wait. what happens.
1: So what uh, what happens is it mutates the human population, all of it.
0: Yeah, well, most and, of it. Like some people are fine, but like, half yeah, the population gets like superpowers. About a third of them mutate into something kind of
1: monstrous. Yeah, turned like a, like yeah. animals or monsters. And a small
0: yeah. number get like just completely uninteresting mutations. Just like I've oh like, yeah, my skin's alley. blue now. It's like okay.
1: Yeah, so it it mutates everybody, and because it's an anthology story, it focuses on one character, just one human being.
0: Yeah, every that was
1: affected by this virus in some way.
0: New writers come in and they'll do like one chapter dedicated to this one character who decides to be a superhero, and another Mm -hmm. character who
1: who's changes every time he falls asleep. He changes to something new, or or this
0: this person actually, uh, whenever they have sex, it actually Mm -hmm. like expands their consciousness or something. A neat, bunch of neat yeah, ideas. A in Bunch that of bubble. neat ideas. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I was thinking of that uh, here. Mm. It's like if you had a different wild idea, a different perspective, even a different agent every episode dealing with a new kind of debris, you'd have an interesting anthology series. Yeah, they're they're arranging all these interesting ideas and then just sneezing them all down. It's mm. so upsetting. Uh, let's get yeah. into the episode.
0: All right. So the pilot episode, uh, we are introduce all the shit that we just talked about, uh, and uh, there's two things going on in the pilot. One, we find out that there's a black market for this debris, and there's a big action sequence, and we meet Scroobius Pip.
1: We, we learn about the black market before we know about the debris, which yeah. is
0: a a weird choice, mistake number it, 12.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, because, again, they're setting it up as an action show. Hmm. Uh, but then the the actual uh, debris, like the first, like, here's what we're going to do to get them hooked, is there's a piece of debris that has fallen into small-town America, and it, f- it fell into a wood near a family's house. They had just lost their child, and the debris felt their pain and decided to produce a child, mm-hmm. a, a replica of
1: their dead son in order to siphon their emotional energy off. So a lot of these pieces of debris do, uh, do rely heavily on emotional states. Yeah. They, they read your emotions. So this is kind of like psychic debris. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So a lot, so a possibly lot of we are dealing we're with a view.
0: civilization that it's communicates
1: psychically. Right. That's so something to be, to consider. Uh, there are some good, uh, scary um, visuals. Uh, the debris falls in the woods, and one of the reasons they're able to find it is it's attracting dead people.
0: Yeah.
1: And the dead people, dead, are floating about a foot off the ground, just sort of like drifting very slowly across mm-hmm. a field, and that's a pretty it's, scary visual. Of that's these, a creepy these, image. Yeah, these dead bodies just and one. There's no rush. They're able to find one because it gets hooked on a barbed wire fence, and they just unhook it, and it keeps on drifting on. Yeah. That that's. Good scary image. Genuinely creepy. Yeah. I have not seen
0: that before. That was yeah. kind of, like the but they're floating like eight inches off the ground. Yeah. Like they're just like, and just sort of gl- gl- gradually, gl- gl- like gradually. It's like they're
1: floating in a river. It's just yeah, yeah.
0: like a, like a glacier.
1: And, and they're kind of yeah. like following it and none of them think like, wow, this is really creepy. Nobody says anything like that. Nobody
0: talks about how fucking mm. weird and creepy it is. I mean, I get it. You've been doing this for a mm. bit, but like, come on, we're yeah, the audience th- hasn't like, let us feel something.
1: But We establish who the characters are, but yeah, I wish they had established more as to, Mm -hmm. don't tell me there's a black market yet. Tell me what the governments are doing first. Show me Mm. the big world, zoom in a little bit, show me the agents, zoom in a little bit more, then show me the black market. Uh, The movie Pacific Rim didn't start with the monster organ harvesting which should be a series on of itself, I think. Yeah, um, Ron Perlman in the movie Pacific Rim uh, harvests organs from fallen kaiju. like Yeah, to so,
0: like, sell on the black market. It's like, oh, this they is have a like, sexual stimulant. Yeah, there. they have yeah. like radioactive
1: qualities. They can turn yeah. them into weapons, whatever. But yeah. that movie's overstuffed. There's way too much in that I movie. Know, but but that's a fun element of that film that they could have turned it into an entire movie. It's yeah. like, this is a world where monsters exist, but here we're just going to focus on the black I
0: market. I would love to see a Godzilla spinoff about that. About what well, happens after Godzilla, Godzilla kills Godzilla. something, then yeah. people actually have to dispose of the fucking giant the, kaiju
1: corpse. There, there's a, a Marvel comic uh, devoted to yeah. that called Damage Control. Yeah, like if, Once you know the, the 40-foot-tall behemoth has been knocked over and yeah. they've destroyed well, the robot, what and, do they do with it?
0: And they did a whole movie about that, uh, oh, yeah. Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. That's right,
1: Tyne Daly was the, yeah. the damage control character. And, but
0: she was taking over from Michael Keaton, and his mm. whole thing is after aliens invaded New York, they took the tech mm. and just sold it on the black market. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's clever. That's, that's <laughs> neat. That's how you would get all those super suits and shit, right? That, that works. Um, so anyway, uh, the, the episode ends when the woman whose son died decides to accept that her son is dead. Mm. And then everyone's like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's fine. And
1: the alien technology is like, whoops, sorry, my bad. Mm-mm. And everything goes back to normal. And he erases him. And, uh, no. oh, and, and at the end, that's when we discover that, mm. uh, Fanola's father is alive
0: uh, The next episode is called You Are Not Alone This one has kind of an interesting premise I don't think it does a lot with it But uh, there is a small town Where pieces of debris have fallen And pieces of metal Have started Being dragged across town Creating like a perimeter around it And inside the Again, town More
1: fun visuals of yeah. things like sort of floating through the air A little
0: too similar to the first episode Maybe I would have saved this one for later But, uh, but there's a guy inside who's, like, covered in blood, and he's saying, something is happening, I need to remember something, I don't remember what it is, but I know I can stop whatever's happening if I just remember this. And they say, okay, we'll take this guy aside and let's investigate. And then they investigate more of the town, and they find that the, guy the same
1: guy again yeah <laughs> and he's,
0: but now he's got different parts of his memory and then they look around and they find another one of that guy So it turns
1: out he's been sort of like split into a bunch of different people more yeah. like a multiple man
0: there's i really like the bit where they go into his house and they find that like actually like a piece of debris fell on his house and crushed him mm. And that's the, fucked the, up. The
1: original him, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I guess he's okay, but like it hit his it hit him on the way down, and that's why it's doing the thing. But uh, Brian goes down into the basement to check it out, and immediately sees another version of himself and kills it. <laughs> it's like, nope, we're not doing that today. I am not doing a kill us both spot. Yeah, I know yeah. who I am. <laughs> Bang. <laughs>
1: No Quick. fucking thank you. That's cute. Quick thinking. Quick thinking. Yeah. yeah, I no, would. No, 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 shoot him. He's the imposter nope, this scene This is going to get
0: complicated. Nope. Kill that guy. Mm. Done. Thank you. Um, but um, yeah, and then it turns out he uh, had to like, as he was like dying, his like, life flash before his eyes and all his priorities kind of split into different people. So the mm. one part of him that was really worried about work was. was like a version of him. And one part of him that actually was like deeply in love with somebody and had given her up for work was this other part and then eventually he was just like I should call her and then everything's fine. A lot of really elaborate like allegories for getting over your
1: baggage in this show. That's oh that's <gasps> debris. The, the emotional debris in oh your my brain. God. The emotional debris you carry around with you in your heart. You must read your... Oh, never mind. Next one, there's a dimensional window with yeah. uh, people in stasis who have been inside for... Because time works weird behind this window. Yeah. Some of them in, have been in there for decades.
0: Yeah, so there's like, a, there's like a, a... In the middle of a field, there's a big giant wall of energy but it's, it's
1: two-dimensional, so you can yeah. only see it from one perspective.
0: And they're able to key into a radio signal and talk to someone on the other mm-hmm. side. Turns out it's a young girl who's been missing for a long, long time, but she only thinks she's been gone for like an hour. And they have to figure out, can we save her? Uh, or is it not worth the trouble because maybe we'll never be able to figure out how Mm. surprise believing in the power of goodness allows them to (laughs) To, figure out how to to save the girl.
1: They crack the window and and it turns out it wasn't just the girl. There were a bunch of people behind there. So it turns out believing in humanity
0: is better than not, I guess
1: more, more, uh, more fun, creepy visuals. We get to see like Mm. shadowy figures on the other side of the wall and crackly audio of their dialogue, Mm. but we don't get to see their faces. You, you got good stuff There's interesting in here, stuff. But why is yeah. it
0: morose? What are we doing? Yeah. The next episode is called In Universe This is the one where a piece of I guess terraforming or atmospheric Technology falls onto a farm And a lot of people die Immediately but a lot of people Who are on the farm, mostly migrant workers uh,
1: Are now Trapped on the farm and they can Only breathe chlorine now Yeah, the the debris has mutated Their lungs Mm-hmm. So they can only breathe chlorine. That's also uh, created this sort of bubble of chlorine, so yeah. they can stay alive inside of it.
0: So they're fine there, but mm-hmm. anyone else could die, and it could expand at any moment. And so they have. To, and I actually appreciate and this one because and, this is a this is one where this might be a no win situation. Well,
1: there, it might be a no win situation, and there's a good ethical dilemma because mm-hmm. uh, somebody whose family is on the inside got trapped outside. Yeah. And if he goes inside, uh, he'll live, but he'll be mutated, and he can never go out again. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's a good. This is qu- one of the quandary. better episodes. Yeah. This is one of the better episodes. We actually get
0: to see what differentiates Brian and Finola here. Mm. Like, why are they different? Brian believes that uh, in a case like this, they have to prioritize the least amount of harm. Mm. Which means uh, we need to shut down this piece of debris, using the technology we have that, that can do that. And it will kill this small number of people who can breathe chlorine. But everyone else in the world will be safe from it. Yeah. And he sees that as an unfortunate but necessary uh, no, we'll just, uh, sacrifice. Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll, we'll just kill, like, yeah. we can kill these 15 people, no problem.
0: Yeah, I'll, and,
1: I'll murder 15 people if it means saving the planet.
0: Yeah, and to him that seems What's like the, reasonable the, math.
1: The, 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 the trolley dilemma.
0: Yeah, and, and Fanola says no, and the compromise she comes up with is they're going to use the alien tech basically to cryogenically freeze them. Mm-hmm. So that later on, hopefully we can fix it. Yeah, so the, Which is about as they, good they, as it gets. They kick the can down the road, essentially. Yeah. But, uh, they, but the guy they do who, save everybody. But the, And the guy who didn't want to be separated from his family decides to do that, too. I mm. will be cryogenically frozen with them rather than live it, without them. Because right. it's very sad. Mm. It's very sad. And it, again, it shows that there's a line in the sand between these characters. Also, by this point, Brian had known that Fanola's father was still alive and she didn't. And now she like finds out that he was lying to her. So this is, creates like a schism between them.
1: Kind of like they, kind don't, of. They, they don't separate, they don't hate each other. They're just sort of a little bit grumpy after that for a few episodes. Uh,
0: the next episode this, is called Earth Shine, and of. this one is about a giant wormhole that could like is, open up and kill people. And
1: this stuff. is like the 24 episode. Uh, this is mm. the uh, again, more fun visuals. A bus drives through a wormhole, and it just shows up somewhere else, but when it rematerializes, it's like... Crushed. T- it's like 20 feet off the ground, so it crashes down and crushes, yeah. and everybody on, on board dies. Yeah. It's uh, very sad, but, you know, fun visual of this bus just sort of vanishing and reappearing, and it turns out somebody has been planting these wormholes for, just for terrorist purposes. Like, they just want to wreck buildings and hold things hostage. Mm. It's like, so so it's, it's a person, a human being, is wielding this wormhole technology. So we're an episode of Mantis, essentially.
0: Yeah. Um, the next mm. episode uh, is called Supernova. This one, this one feels very much like an X Files episode. They're investigating a series of uh, disappearances amongst elderly people. Oh, right. and yeah. it seems yeah. like there's a couple yeah. of teenagers who are behind this. Maybe they found some debris and they're like sucking the life out of these elderly people. But it turns out what they're actually doing is giving life to elderly people and making them young again. Mm. But the caveat is they can never be too far away from the debris ever or they'll rapidly reage and die. Mm. Um, Which is an ethical dilemma. Mm. Uh, And uh, some people uh, have big choices to make about whether or not they're willing to go back or not.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Would you? Would Would I? Well, Well, it depends on how convenient it was to stay near that fucking piece of debris, doesn't it? I guess I'm not not asking you personally, William Viviani, but I'm asking, you know, would, would you stay close? It's yeah, well again it's interesting how convenient is question it? they're positing to the if, audience If I
0: if I'm 99 years old mm. and I only have so much time left and the option is I can go back to being 20 for however long I can conveniently do this I probably would go for it is yeah. there's no, there's no <laughs> other downside other than I have to stay on no, this plot of land that doesn't sound too bad. I mean, I, and again, find, if I leave, you know, I was going to die anyway. Who cares? Like, fun, Whatever. It seems like a, it really does seem like a no-lose situation. Okay, okay As long as you don't do anything too to,
1: heinous. You have to stay on that plot of land. But there's no Wi-Fi. Would you... No, <laughs> never mind. Um, don't, don't get a book. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, just get some... Hey! Hey, library. Got
0: any, got any videos? <laughs>
1: <It just laughs> said, you run across a bunch of, like, really hot 20-year-olds in a field. Hey, we're 100. Do you have a book? <laughs> yeah. A little... Little tedious over here. (laughs) Yeah, I have this Jack Reacher book. I've read it. Oh, fine, I'll take it.
0: (laughs) Uh, The next episode. uh, What is this? Is you can call her Caroline. Um, Hmm. And this, honestly, this one's a total blur to me. (laughs) I watched this like less than a week Uh, ago. It's only about
1: psychics and shit. And uh, uh, this is about uh, this is um, the um, who who, there was a character. This is another X Files derivative. mm -hmm. There's a character who could like. Uh, they called him Pusher, like he could convince yeah. people to do things by kind of like hypnotizing them. that That's this. There are people who are taking control of other people's minds and uh, forcing them to do things against their will. There's a little girl involved. She also has some psychic powers and mm. she doesn't like what her dad has been doing. And there's a you know tense scene at the end where he's like forcing people to put guns to their own temples. mm mm-hmm. um, that, that's I remember episode. now yeah. A lot of them kind of blur together Also this is right next
0: to The next episode Which is called Spaceman And this is like all plot This isn't really about Debris episode oh. This is about Oh do we have to kill Fanola's father And
1: Yeah And then yeah. what they end okay. up doing
0: Is saving him yeah. And uh, recruiting them To be on their side And hiding him out While still pretending To do their jobs Too early Way too
1: you, you save the father for the finale. That's
0: got to be the season finale. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Like it's they,
1: they brought him in. He's a character. Another uh, and yeah. he, but he's also like a little bit kooky. And he likes to yeah. sleep in tinfoil And like he, yeah. he might be a little bit mentally ill. And they don't know what's going on with this guy. Mm-hmm. Is he really the father, or is he some sort of like clone or copy or robot? We don't know any of that. Yeah. But they decide to hide him out because they figure more information is better than less. On
0: the upside, it leads to the single best. Part of the show, which is the two-parter Do You Know Icarus and I Am Icarus? Mm -hmm. Which is actually a pretty clever bit of writing.
1: It's... It's clever, and I again I think this is too early in the show to do an episode like this. You have mm. to wait for like a later season to do this, when a lot has been more firmly established. Uh, it's not like okay, this
0: is an alternate dimension episode, mm. but it's not an alternate dimension episode where we spend a lot of time and the gag is everyone's not like who we expected them to be. Mm. This is a bit more like a, a puzzle box episode. It's more like an episode of like it's more like Primer or Time Crimes or mm. something. Um, and the oh, gag uh, is... It, it
1: should be noted that uh, one of the cre- uh, creators and one of the directors on this show is Brad Anderson, Yeah, uh, who did some really kind of uh, downbeat, uh, subdued science fiction movies. Uh, he like, did The uh, Machinist,
0: which is not sci-fi, but well, it's very yeah. downbeat. He did, did a movie uh, called
1: Session 9, which is kind of a haunted, haunted it's movie. Horror. It's a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, he
0: did, what, was that, what was that Vincent D'Onofrio movie, Happy Accidents, where he claimed he was a time traveler? Yeah, Happy Accidents yeah. was
1: him. Uh, he also did... Um, uh, uh, and he's done a lot of work in TV as well. So yeah, he he's done like some yeah. twisty low budget science fiction stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the plot of Do You Know Icarus is uh, there's a piece of debris that's fallen into a lake. Uh, Finola and Brian have been assigned to investigate. They decide to knock on the door of the house that's closest to where the debris would have fallen, and inside the house there is a teenage boy, and the teenage boy says. Oh, hi, Fanola. Hi, Brian. Come on in. We've done this before. Mm. And he explains that me and my twin sister found a piece of debris in this lake, and if you swim into it and, like, hold your breath for a while, uh, it, like... You wake up in an alternate dimension. Well, at first they thought they were just going back in time, but then it turns out that there are little subtle differences every time. And at some point when they were doing this, they split, and he's no longer in a reality where his sister exists. And now he's constantly going back into this thing, to try to rescue his sister from being lost in time and
1: space. Although he, uh, he finds that he has a new brother. Uh, yeah. That's the opening. It's Sometimes, like, who, yeah. who are you? I'm your brother. You're not my brother. Stop scaring me. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a, good, it's a good opening.
0: It's really weird. Um, and uh, so every time he comes back, something is different. And once he has brought Brian and uh, Finola into it, they don't know what's happening yet. So for like the first half of the episode, and this is one of the reasons why this works, we're actually telling a story about someone who isn't Brian and Finola. Yeah, this is just a story yeah. about someone who found a weird chunk of space debris And their life has changed They're normal And they're dealing with something fantastic And I got really wrapped up in it um, So after a while uh, Brian ends up following him into the water In one of these realities And then he winds up in other realities Every time where he's got different partners mm-hmm. And there are other, part- there are other uh, timelines Where Finola's father Who's the only one who can figure out how to Basically heal the timeline and heal all the alternate realities He's dead in half of them there's one time where Brian is just like, okay, well, we got to talk to George and his new partner, who's well, been there for five years, but we don't know her. It's just like, you killed him yesterday. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> holy shit. So, it's a two-parter, and the perspective changes and like the second half. It takes place like, more from the, of the twin sister and Finola. Mm. They find a good way to take a, repeti- a, a repetitious concept and keep it fresh. Mm. To, uh, change the perspectives on it constantly get me actually emotionally involved in this there's always a ticking clock because every single time the uh the epi- like this timeline gets reset they only have about 15 minutes between <laughs> yeah. when they knock on the door and when the government's going to come in and take the piece of debris and it'll be too late to reset the timeline so he has to- so every time someone has to be caught up real fast and then try to prepare and then like try to perpetuate uh, uh the idea and uh the theories and try to come up with a new plan it's a lot like the plot to happy death day to you <laughs> which is oh, one I, of I, uh, the best didn't, movies didn't, of its didn't,
1: kind didn't quite put that together yeah, yeah. definitely
0: definitely yeah it's it, but this this is a good two-parter in a vacuum mm. you could show people the other bits of this show and you could just take away other you could take away the rest of the show and show this two-parter and you might think debris is a pretty good show
1: uh it's lighter, it's faster mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it's not as dour and I think mm. the key is that it's not about Brian and Finola. Yeah. It's it's about this teenage boy who's Maybe. having a, you know a, Are you familiar with an author named William Slater at all? No. Uh William Slater did a book called Interstellar Pig. Uh he mm. did one called uh, The Boy Who Reversed Himself Strange Attractors. He uh, wrote... Oh, you've,
0: you've mentioned this I've before, mentioned yeah. him a, a yeah. couple
1: times before. Um I'm very fond of William Slater. Um Uh, gay, alcoholic, Uh, he's passed away now, but um, Mm -hmm. he wrote these really interesting young adult science fiction novels about teenagers, usually teenage boys, who find some weird uh, time-manipulating device. Mm. Uh, There was one where a a boy and his twin brother found that in the backyard of this mansion they were house-sitting was sort of like a a well where time moved incredibly quickly. Mm. Like, they went in and they came out and it was the next day. Uh, and, uh, it was about how uh, one of them tried to stay in there for an entire year or excuse me, time was going really, really slowly. Oh, okay. So he went in there, he stayed for a year. So he like, it was, he stayed in there overnight and essentially came back, came out a year older. Okay. Um, there, yeah. Strange Attractors is about, you go back in time and you split timelines and all of a sudden when you travel forward, you don't know where you're going to land in the future because yeah. it's thousands of timelines. Leap. Um, this is the William Slater episode. I was yeah. thinking of William Slater a lot when I was watching this. He was an a author I was very fond of when I was young.
0: And I actually think that it's something really clever here, too, which was they took an episode which is basically about resetting everything back to zero, mm-hmm. and they found a way to actually have it matter. In the first half of the two-parter, uh, Brian's boss, who has had this, frankly, not very interesting subplot about his wife might be leaving him... Uh, He finds out that his wife has, like, a lunch appointment, and he thinks she's having an affair, so he decides to go over there, and he finds out she's talking to a divorce attorney. And they actually have this incredibly emotional conversation, and it looks like maybe they can save their marriage. At the end of the two-parter, when they think they've reset the timeline, they have not. They've actually wound up in a reality where the only difference is he didn't get that message, and now he's going to get divorced. (laughs) And <laughs> it's actually kind of sad. That, uh, yeah, It's yeah, actually it kind of sad. Head. I think you actually did that really, really well. It, if you're going to do an episode that, like, is, like, it's all a dream or something like that, you need to, and, and basically at the end of the episode, the status quo has been, not been changed. You have to find a way to make it change the status quo. A, a little bit, in yeah. some way. One of my favorite, uh, I think I think my very favorite episode of Batman the Animated Series is this episode, oh, what the fuck is it called? There's an episode where Batgirl dies. Hmm. And the opening, the, op- the episode opens great. The episode opens with Commissioner Gordon and a SWAT team breaking into the Batcave, pointing oh. at Batman and saying, Bruce Wayne, you're under arrest. Wow. And okay. shooting at him. <laughs> and then they, they run away and it's like, how the hell did this happen? And it turns out uh, they were fighting the Scarecrow. You're already ahead of the story. Oh, they were fighting the Scarecrow fe- and fear, Batgirl died. Fear gas. I think it's called fear itself it. is actually. But yeah. the idea is that Batgirl died. And Commissioner Gordon found out that Bruce Wayne was Batman after looking through Barbara Gordon's things for five minutes. Mm. And just figured it out. And uh, now he can't forgive Batman. And so he's trying to arrest Batman and he gets, goes so far over the edge. Oh, that's what it's called. It's called Over the Edge. He goes so far <laughs> over the edge. Right. He goes so far over the edge he ends up teaming up with Bane. To try to stop Batman And he's completely lost his moral compass And in the end, Batman and Commissioner Gordon Dive, and that's when you find out It was all a dream Barbara Gordon was having And it was an anxiety dream about how she's lying to her father Oh, that's really great At the end of the episode Okay, it was just a dream, everything's fine Fear gas got her But at the end of the episode, she tries to come out to her dad And she's about to say Dad, there's something I've been wanting to tell you for a really long time I'm Batgirl Well, she doesn't say it, what he says is I know she doesn't have to say it Just like I know I love you you live your own life you make your own choices no matter what those are I support you it's great because it actually progresses her character and Commissioner Gordon's even though it was a dream episode and the dream episode has everything you could possibly want it's really fucking awesome we gotta move on because only a few episodes left here Uh, the next episode is the one we already talked about where they run into a woman who has been exposed to the alien tech and is living out like one of Brian's memories from I think the Gulf War. It was Afghanistan. It was okay. Afghanistan. Uh, and um, it's a flashback episode. They try it's, to make it uh, interesting, it's, but it's a flashback Well, episode.
1: they try to make it interesting because the woman in his flashback is alive in the present, like mm. in her current form. Yeah. Like she stepped out of the flashback right into the present and yeah. she seems to have like no memory of what happened. So did she time travel? Mm. Is she locating? Is she living in two timelines at once? Yeah. But mostly, this is just hi- this is just him in the war. Yeah. It's supposed is... to be a character episode, and it reveals nothing really vital about his character. Nothing interesting at all. Uh, the and next got, and it, the the beard is distracting. Awful. We have to call we have to call attention to no. the beard because it is distracting.
0: All right. The next episode is called "A Message from Ground Control." Uh, this is one where uh, they've got this warehouse with all of the debris that they've collected and they've been assembling some of it when they can figure out how it assembles. Mm. But mostly it's just in boxes and a giant, you know, ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark warehouse. Yeah. Uh, the boxes start to move. And one of them, like, one piece of debris bursts out of the box so fast it, like, takes a guy's head off. It's really <laughs> fucked up. Um, but the the boxes start to move and they're basically doing everything they can to try to prevent the boxes from, like, opening and, like, turning into whatever they're trying to turn into, whatever it is. Mm. Optimus Prime, Cthulhu, who the fuck knows. (laughs) But they figure it can't be good. And then uh, by the end of the episode, it turns out that they actually have a... The the debris has kind of a connection to Brian. Mm. And Brian's just like, we actually need to just let it go back together. Mm. It wants to. It's not harmful. We don't know what's going to happen, but we can't stop it. And in the end, they do, and the debris ends up creating, like, an energy ball that's... Supposedly, like wow, so beautiful, but it looks like the energy ball from, like, uh, what's what's uh, the explorers from the eighties? Like, it's like oh. we've seen this shit before. It's not mm-hmm. new CGI, but whatever. It'd be it's weird to see it in real life, and uh, and then it sort of flies away, and everyone's like, huh I wonder if that'll be important later. And then the last episode is called Celestial Body. It's all come to this.
1: Scrobyus Pip,
0: God, I love saying that. <laughs>
1: Scroobius Pip, <laughs> well, uh, Sc- Pip has uh Pip has popped up here and there. Yeah, he's, As, uh, he's has a uh, who is the other like the evil guy at the end here? John Noble? John was was he the guy who was like constantly like just sort of tinkering with stuff in the lab and like just worried about this is the greatest thing ever, the or- orbital guy? Or not the orbital <sighs> I mean, guy, the uh the mm. uh in- influx guy?
0: No, there, well there was nothing John Noble's new, but um mm. Well, regardless so scurvious Pip had been captured for a while and turns out he had like swallowed a bunch of alien tech and like electrocutes himself so he teleports away and now there's a big piece of tech that's like summoning a whole bunch of people psychically to it and yeah and they all gather they, at
1: the same spot in yeah. this little little place by a lake and they all face the same direction yeah. completely hypnotized and the only way
0: information.
1: and the only way to remove the piece of
0: tech uh, would either kill them or erase their memories permanently uh, and, again, ethical dilemma Interesting, I'm with you And it turns out that Finola's father Has been working with Influx this entire time He is a bad guy, or at least as close to a bad guy As we get on the show And also, uh, John Noble from Fringe where uh, A show that J.H. Wyman uh, worked on uh, You might also remember him as the steward of Gondor From the Lord of the Rings movies uh, Great, great character actor um, he shows up and he's super evil And it's like, I'm John Noble, I'll be important later If this doesn't get cancelled, it got cancelled <laughs> Uh, and uh, there's a cool bit Where, like, he they're, they're, like, driving to the side Of this debris, and they go to, like, a gas station And John Noble, like, comes back to the car And is like, alright, I'm good to go Why do you have blood on your face? What did you do? <laughs> and then they go into the gas station And somehow John Noble has, like, rearranged Everyone's flesh into, oh, So, like, their yeah, heads yeah. are at the bottom of their body But their legs are, like Broken and weird It's kind of like Mutated them yeah, In some it,
1: weird way It's actually yeah. really cool
0: It's like it's a really cool Creepy thing I'll give you that But Finola has to deal With the fact that her father's a bad guy uh, They make her swallow Some alien tech Which I guess Will be important later And it turns out That Brian is what They call the third man There's uh I guess the alien tech Has been making <sighs> connections To various people hmm. And two of them are here And I guess the other One's Brian So he'll be important later Uh And then that's kind of it Um I don't care. You lost (laughs) me a lot. There's like, uh, there's like a couple of good episodes here, particular, like the alternate reality episodes. Uh, But no, I, the overarching story has lost me since episode one. I do not care. I
1: I don't care about the espionage. You're focusing too heavily on the Mm. espionage, especially when there's alien technology right there that you need to be spending a heck of a lot more time discussing. Uh, Work on the chemistry between the leads. uh, Work on uh, stories that speak to larger Mm -hmm. questions. And, lighten it up a little bit please some mm-hmm. levity would be nice a little bit of wonderment wonder that
0: even if you don't have levity we need wonder yeah we like need
1: people to look people at what's happening and and going, go, wow. Ooh and now wonderment is kind of in short supply in entertainment right now yeah it's um uh, it's something spielberg specialized in and i think people yeah. underplay
0: just how significant that is to his filmography the idea is You go to a movie and you see,
1: you know, all these people do cool things and you go, wow. Mm -hmm. But he makes stories about wonderment. Well, he makes The thing is, he makes stories about people on the outside discovering something for the first time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of entertainment now is about... uh, Catering to people who already f- want to feel like they're on the inside, so yeah. it's about characters who are already on the inside. No, oh, yeah, like there's and, a whole uh, secret world of
0: wizards, but we've been living here forever. Yeah, we've been living here forever. Right. So when Harry something Potter really... works initially, because Harry Potter had no,
1: no fucking idea about yeah, any that, of this, that's why I like and those so we can first. Experience uh, that like, ooh, that's why I like those first two movies the best because he's still kind yeah. of f- discovering yeah. things yeah. about the world. Even uh, and, Lord of the Rings works
0: because it's from the perspective of hobbits who just like to stay at home and drink tea. So when yeah, they, they go they... out into the world and experience grander things, to them it is still new and special.
1: Yeah even though they are fantasy creatures themselves
0: yeah you' still they are yeah, still wonder, that sense wonder, wonder for yeah. them
1: uh, The idea of yeah' we're, we know how all this works uh, and true if you live in a world of wizards and magic mm-hmm. is just an everyday part of your life, you wouldn't be awestruck. Yeah, be just boring or just be regular everyday life for you. So we boring seeing, is not a
0: great place to start in a, in a story, though. Yeah, so though, is we, it, we're know? introduced
1: to a lot of characters who are just doing extraordinary things with dead faces, yeah. and we're supposed to be able to project ourselves. Yeah, I'd be cool. I, I'd be. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let the wonderment get to the better of yeah. uh, the better of me. Uh, my my son uh, watches a lot of YouTubers. Okay, uh, that's his primary source of entertainment right now, mm-hmm. and I've learned watching these YouTubers they do video game videos. Uh, that the word cringe, cringeworthy, oh, yeah. is, it's not just used to uh, describe something that is cringeworthy. Mm. It's meant to describe displaying a demonstrative emotion. Like, huh. I, re- I really love something. We're going to go cringe and just say we love it. Displaying huge amounts of emotion is now cringeworthy.
0: I guess it's because it's like uh, mildly embarrassing. It's, a, to yeah, be it's so like, nakedly emotional. Exactly, it's yeah, a little okay.
1: embarrassing. So the goal now okay. is to not display that. It's to be kind of cool about it. Oh no, no, no! And that's no. where all of entertainment is coming from. And a lot falls no, like cl- clicks into place when I heard these YouTubers say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so not that's how that works. That's what debris is. People kind of know it already. They're cool. They're yeah. not going to be you know scared or, or wrapped in wonderment. No, Uh, that's that's a big problem with a lot of the superhero movies, especially the later ones, when we're kind of used to that world by now. Yeah, by the time
0: like by the time we've everything's so fucking weird, you can talk to a raccoon and go, "Eh." yeah, like you know, (laughs) maybe we've gone a little too far. We need to scale it back a smidge, or at least Mm. start telling some stories and respect to people who for this for whom this is new. Mm. Which is why I'm glad we're starting to get like a few newer heroes like Shang Chi, people, people who can experience this for the first time. I think you desperately need that. To go back Uh, to that sense of, ooh, this is neat.
1: No, but we're introduced to the Guardians of the Galaxy. They have spaceships and magical stuff, and they don't care. Yeah. they sort of flip about it. And if you're going to make a a a, flip, that's an approach if you're going to do a flip comedy. You can do that once in a while, uh, and it can
0: be like an amusing sort of change of pace. But to abandon the sense of wonder and of medium Mm. that is fundamentally magic. Mm. It's fundamentally magic what cinema is. Like, it's not a natural occurring thing. Mm. Like, we have to, like, do chemicals and invent science just to recapture the images of people and portray them at 24 frames per second and synchronize sound. We have to do so much to recreate the human experience from the perspective of someone you probably never met
1: Mm.
0: and tell stories uh, that you probably couldn't even possibly conceive of outside of that medium. To abandon wonderment, to to leave that out, Mm. is... I don't know. It's like it's, it's, it's a, like
1: it's anathema to, to a lot of it's storytelling. Like making a hamburger
0: um, without the bun, like it's just like it's a, you're
1: missing a key component. I'm you again, now if you want the low carb versions, um, okay, that was a bad example.
0: <laughs> I couldn't think of one off. Day. But
1: um, I like think, making spaghetti without the pasta. I think, and I think this just goes to a kind of a, a, a bigger storytelling problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, our our attachment to the word world building has mm-hmm. become a big part of a lot of the last twenty years' entertainment. Yeah, uh, going back to the Avengers example, this is uh, a a series of films that all interlock, but we're coming at it from a bunch of different angles at the same time. Um, same with Harry Potter, same with yeah. Lord of the Rings. We're, we're interested in the universe in which it takes place as much, if not more so than the characters of the story. Yeah when you have uh, an artist who is trying to create a world where all of this exists and they spend a lot of time and energy constructing this world to the detriment of telling a story or making interesting characters to inhabit the world, yeah. you have stuff like debris. Well, I think, I, think, I think we also
0: see this in something like Star Wars, where mm. initially Star Wars is told from the perspective of the people lowest on the totem pole, mm. the robots, yeah. who are just sort of bounced mm. around from and one fantastic to eventually kind of rise
1: and, into the more fantastical stuff. Right,
0: but then, but then, who, but then who takes over A farm boy Hmm. who never left his desert farm (laughs) and now gets to see all these incredibly wondrous things and become a truly fantastic adventurer. Um, As Star Wars became more solidified and as they started building the world, um, that world became just kind of normal. Hmm. And we started filling that world with stories about how normal it is and what it's like to live in it to the point that when the prequel trilogy came along... By all rights, that trilogy should be told from the story perspective of Anakin Skywalker. Because he's a no. little kid and who now is entering this gigantic world that ends up you know, warping him. Like, there's something, like, really kind of kind of bizarre about that and something and incredibly potent.
1: And it's a parallel to the Luke Skywalker it's story right, exactly. where they, they come from the same place. But, but
0: instead, it's told from the perspective of Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan to whom the, the opening of the movie is, oh, another diplomatic mission. Mm. And then they're like, oh, settling, we're gonna, they're oh, we're like gonna t- so we're going to t- travel t- through t- the center of the Earth and get... Almost eaten by a dinosaur the size of Los Angeles. And it's always it's like, and it's like, eh, there's always a bigger fish.
1: No! <laughs> and Be impressed! And, and they arose on the other side and they just get up and they look around. It's like, oh, yeah. nothing happened. We yeah. made
0: it. like, be impressed. Mm. Like, allow for impressiveness. Allow for the audience to go neat. And yeah, instead we're I, just moving along so fast
1: and making it so every day it's not exciting anymore. And I'm well, not and, saying it can't world, be done, but it's, well, the you're world shooting is, yourself in the foot. The world is now so big. It's so built out yeah. that, uh, the people who are making this are eager to show every detail. Yeah. We want to fill in all the gaps. That's what mm. Rogue One is. Yeah. We, just, yeah. Oh, we, we didn't
0: need to see this. We didn't need to this for decades, but we might as well show it. Mm. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't make it wondrous. It just means we're just sort of connecting the dots at this point. It's not like a new tale full of things that I couldn't have imagined. There's no you know?
1: twist. There's no yeah. you know,
0: yeah, reworking of anything. Even the fact that, like, in spoiler alert for Rogue One, a movie everyone saw, but like, <laughs> even the fact that all the characters die, well, yeah, you ever notice you never, we never saw them again? Mm-hmm. So, of course, they did. It's the safest thing you can do is to kill them. That's not new, that's not mm-hmm. exciting,
1: that's easy. Like you what, you have, what you have at the end is somebody saying, oh, God, uh, they're they're coming. I better hide inside this robot. And they climb into R2-D2. And it turns out they were R2-D2 the entire time. <laughs> okay, now that's a story. So, yeah, there you go. Like, that, that's going to blow re, my like, mind. Change something about what you It's a stupid, you know. but it's, well, I mean, it's that's at least a, different. That's a stupid idea off the top of my head. <laughs> at <least> but, <laughs>
0: different. Yeah, I haven't seen it before.
1: I better hide inside. Anyway, this.
0: I digress. Uh, take a drink. Uh, <laughs> debris. We've got a long rant about why Debris sucks. So mm. guess what? It was
1: not canceled too It was too not soon. canceled too soon. know. I'm amazed I, it got a whole season. I, I, I want to see this premise, though. Yeah. I like this premise. I want to see it done. Uh, Do it like, as a comic book or something. Yeah, like, or, or an animated series might be cool. X-Files you know? story, uh, half hour mm-hmm. uh, Saturday morning animated series would be yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, th- this is a fine premise. Alien technology we don't understand. Piece by piece we have to go pick it up. Neat. And it does weird things every time you get yeah. to it. Neat. And, and the, the main characters are two cops.
0: Well, you, you haven't brought up there the, the wild cards premise, where here's like a general concept for a sci-fi thing. Mm. Uh, and you could just farm that out and do an anthology book every year where prominent or new and upcoming sci-fi authors pitch an idea. I have an idea for a short story that takes place in this universe where a piece of the alien tech falls and it does this and it affects people this way. And here's the story. Cool, we'll do like 10 of those in a book And then we'll just release that book Yeah That's a good idea, I would love to see that, I would read that This The show makes it as unappealing as it possibly can And it's a shame because clearly the cast is capable of better
1: mm the, the, the cast It's I, fine I've seen, like them, it's, seen them good in other things It's not their fault They're not yeah. doing good work here But it's because They're not given Interesting characters no, To the work The material with.
0: is just Underwritten and ugh. Um, So anyway It was not It was not, uh, not cancelled too soon no, no, That no. is it For cancelled too soon This week Thank you everybody For listening um, So the original plan For our uh, Suddenly last season Was to end on Lovecraft Country mm. Which would dovetail us nicely Into our month Our yearly event Scary Tober. Um, We have decided that for the sake of catching up a little bit Mm. We're going to punt Love Calf Country a little bit towards the end of the month And we're going to do a couple of shorter horror shows That didn't... uh, didn't... Shorter lasting, that is Yeah, sorry, sorry, ones that are easier to watch in a quick amount of time And we're going to start with uh, a show that I only just recently discovered existed It is a failed pilot that got turned into a movie starring Leslie Nielsen as an occult expert who helps solve mysteries. It's called Dark Intruder and it was originally going to be a TV series called The Black Cloak. And uh well that sounds cool, doesn't it? <laughs> so we're going to we're going to track this thing down and we're going to be uh, talking about it next time. It is from the writer uh Barry Lyndon. Sorry, Bray Linden, Br- Barry Linden, not Barry Linden not uh, beret Lyndon, okay like, like with an e with an exclamation point i'm pretty sure that's not Barry, but uh but you might uh recall that uh this was the writer of films like the greatest show on earth which won best picture mm. uh the war of the Worlds, the 1953 uh sci-fi epic uh the house on 52nd street hanover square it's actually got a uh pretty dang good pedigree mm. so we're gonna be reviewing that next on cancel too soon as scary tober begins Once again, thank you everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you for coming here. This is the first show we ever had on our network. This is our flagship show in a lot of ways. And we love doing it. And Mm. we're so sorry Debris sucked so much that it took so
1: long. (laughs) Yeah, I like... It was really a slog. When the show is easy to consume. I'm not going to say good. Easy to consume. Even if it's long,
0: it's easy to get through. But when you have to like...
1: Stay. You have to fight to stay awake. So, somehow, time elongates, and it takes yeah. more time to. And it it's, ends. It sucks. We also had to get it on a special uh, streaming service that had a lot of commercials. So every uh, every uh, every episode was like an hour and ten minutes. You with can't all fast of ads, forward yeah. through the
0: credits or anything like that. It just took forever. Uh, but we did. We got through it. We finished what we started. Damn it, <laughs> Hal Jordan. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, so we're doing that. Mm. And no, this was canceled too soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can email us. Our email address is letters at net. We might read your email in an upcoming episode of We've Got Mail if you want to talk about anything we talked about on this episode or anything else at all. Mm. Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Now
1: you can write us a physical letter. Uh, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. We're also on Twitter at Critic acclaim. I am at William Bibbiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold.
0: If you want to have even more shows... Besides this free network, which I hope you're subscribing to, uh, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Critically... Yeah, Patreon.com Critically acclaimed Network. That's right. <laughs> that uh, but we have exclusive shows dedicated to every single episode of Star Trek. There's over a 100 episode back catalog. You sign up now, you get that entire back catalog right away, immediately. Mm-hmm. We have Holy Batman, our, our show dedicated to every single episode of the 1960s Batman. We have only the best a podcast dedicated to every film ever nominated for best picture. We're a week or two behind on that one, but we are catching up and we're going to try to record that this week. Hmm. Um, we do commentary tracks. We have a hangout every single month with our patrons. Uh, there's a lot over there. You get to vote for future episodes of critically reclaimed and other stuff as well. Uh, so thank you to every one of our patrons without you. None of our shows would be able to exist. We would not be able to make the time to do any of them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Hmm. Um, I think that's about it. Thank you everybody once again. And until next time, never from and what we it's a show. <laughs> and anyway, everything got canceled and we're done we'll, now. We'll Bye. See you
1: next season as our sign up for the show.